Morning prayer begins on page three of the prayer book. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. For the Vanity, Psalm 95, on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works. Forty years long was I grieved for this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways, unto whom I swear in my wrath that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 32 on page 377. Blessed is he whose unrighteousness is forgiven, and whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth no sin, and in whose spirit there is no guile. For whilst I held my tongue, my bones consumed away through my daily complaining. For thy hand was heavy upon me day and night, and my moisture was like the drought of in summer. I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine unrighteousness have I not hid. I said, I will confess my sins unto the Lord, and so thou forgavest the wickedness of my sin. For this shall every one that is godly make his prayer unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely the great water flood shall not come nigh him. Thou art a place to hide me in. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt come pass me about with songs of deliverance. I will inform thee and teach thee in the way wherein thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Be, be ye not like to horse and mule, which have no understanding, whose mouths must be held with bit and bridle, else they will not obey thee. Great plagues remain for the ungodly, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord, mercy embraceth him on every side. Be glad, O ye righteous, and rejoice in the Lord, and be joyful, all ye that are true of heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
Here begins the 17th chapter of the second book of Samuel. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and make him afraid. And all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Then I will bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he says too. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says, if not speak up? So Hushai said to Absalom, the advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, you know your father and his men, that they are mighty men, and they are enraged in their minds, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field. And your father is a man of war and will not camp with the people. Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or in some other place. And it will be when some of them are overthrown at the first that whoever hears it will say, There is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand that is by the sea for multitude, and that you go to battle in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground. And of him and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it into the river, until there is not one small stone found there. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The advice of Hushai the archite is better than the advice of Ahithophel. For the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priests, Thus and so Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have advised. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed in Enrogel, for they dared not be seen coming into the city. So a female servant would come and tell them, and they would go and tell King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom. But both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in Bahurim, who had a well in his court, and they went down into it. Then the woman took and spread the covering over the well's mouth and spread ground grain on it, and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, they said, Where are Ahimaaz and Jonathan? So the woman said to them, They have gone over the water brook. And when they had searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. <clears throat> now it came to pass, after they had departed, that they came up 
out of the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus as has Ohithophel advised against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and arose and went home to his house to his city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died, and he was buried in his father's tomb. Then David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. This Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Jithra, an Israelite, who had gone into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Zariah, Joab's mother. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. Now it happened when David had come to Mahanaim that Shobi, the son of Nahash, from Rabbah, of the people of Ammon, Machir, the son of Amiel, from Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite, from Rogelim, brought beds and basins, earthen vessels and wheat, barley and flour, parched grain and beans, lentils and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese of the herd, for David and the people who were with him to eat. For they said, The people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Here ends the first lesson. Benedictus says on page 11, Blessed art thou, O Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the fifth chapter of Second Corinthians. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven, if indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather, to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Here ends the second lesson.
Benedictus on page 14. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our forefathers and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham that he would give us, that we, being delivered out of the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto his people for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, make clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O mighty and merciful God, of whose only gift it cometh that thy faithful people do unto thee true and laudable service, Grant, we beseech thee, that we may so faithfully serve thee in this life, that we fail not finally to attain thy heavenly promises through the merits of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth the eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom, defend us, thy humble servants, in all the assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, 
defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Morning to all. The chapter from Second Samuel this morning is, I think it's an interesting psychological study in, in two people, Absalom and Ahithophel. Um, and it, it uncovers some motivations. When you have a, a rebellion like they have conspired to, to bring about against David, the motives for it are usually Absalom was motivated by, he was offended and he was mad at his father for not recognizing him, not avenging his brother, you know, his, his sister, all these kinds of things. And then um, Ahithophel, we don't really have a lot of background, but uh, he being a sort of Old Testament precursor of Judas, a lot of what's said in the Psalms, David has some references to Ahithophel in the Psalms where he says, my own familiar friend uh, whom I trusted, we, we took sweet counsel together and walked in the house of God as friends has rebelled against me. And one just thinks that maybe Ahithophel started to despise David and some of his weaknesses and decided to, he didn't, maybe he didn't get the recognition he wanted somewhere. So the motives here when, when Hushai's advice uh, is taken rather than Ahithophel's, it seems to be um, the vanity of Absalom that Hushai, or excuse me, Ahithophel says, I'll, I'll take some men, I'll go out, I'll find him, I'll kill him. And you know, to get David was on the run was, as the as the narrative suggests, good advice. <clears throat> um, Hushai rather built up a, a case for Absalom getting the glory. Get all muster over together. You go. You have the victory. And then, then, so the sort of um, vanity is played to, and Absalom misses the wisdom of of attacking your adversary while he's on the run and weak and weary. And, and so, therefore, due to his desire to sort of get the glory, <clears throat> Hushai plays on that, and Absalom bites on the bad advice. And Ahithophel, we, we get his faulty motive, because as soon as his advice isn't taken, he, he goes and hangs himself. And so, these are both rebels who are motivated by selfish concerns. Some way they didn't get what they wanted or thought they deserved. And so they're acting out of a sense of personal grievance. And when and, and this is their undoing. They're not acting out of a sense of what does God want me to do? Um, how should I faithfully endure through the trials I'm experiencing? And their faulty motives are, are their undoings. Their, their, their sort of vanity and, and, and bitterness uh, end up with, with both of them eventually, one dead now and one dead pretty soon. Um, we move over to the New Testament, and this passage from 2 Corinthians is significant because it has this the subtle language that uncovers the resurrection hope. St. Paul says, um, <clears throat> we know if this body is dissolved, we have a tent, it's a, a tabernacle. It's playing off of the Old Testament word for tabernacle in heaven. And it's very important because this really, this passage undoes, undoes the... Um, the idea that the Christian hope is merely dying and going to heaven in a disembodied way, that we just want to die and leave the body behind and off we go to be with Jesus. St. Paul says, not that we want to be unclothed, but further clothed. The mortality might be swallowed up by life. And this is the, 
the essence of the Jewish hope is the hope of resurrection, not to escape the body. That's that's a um, different kind of religious hope. The idea of the body's evil, that sort of comes from ancient Gnosticism and that salvation is to escape from it. You see that also in Hinduism, where salvation isn't accomplished till you're out of the body. Uh, but for us, for, for the Christian hope and the Jewish hope, it's no, you, <clears throat> you want the fullness or freedom of life in the body. So this body being participating in the fall, isn't it well that, that will be destroyed but we'll get a new body a resurrection body because we don't want to be unclothed naked merely spiritual but rather we want mortality to be swallowed up by life a resurrection body like jesus had on, on easter day to 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 be free not from the body but to be free in the body and he closes uh with this this hope it ties into yesterday's passage because that's what he's saying. We don't look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, because our hope is resurrection, that ultimately we will be transformed. And we're being, even in this in the struggle of this life, being changed. And that looks towards the final transformation of the resurrection. And so his punchline then is, therefore, um, we all, we're all all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ to receive in the body what we've done good or bad and this is not the thumbs up thumbs down you're going to heaven or hell judgment this is um the sense of jesus um rewarding his people uh, in accordance with what they've how they've lived it's like you you sowed certain things in life by faithfulness and by obedience through trial and now you appear before Jesus and he says, well done, here, enter, get, have these things now that you, you, you um, endured patiently through trial. You didn't, you know, take the easy way out. Uh, you didn't allow your life to be governed by your bitterness and your anger. You, you followed faithfully and now here's your reward, which we can contrast with Absalom and Hithopel who acted out of their own reactive emotions, uh, vanity, anger, and they, they didn't act faithfully. And so they got their temporal moment where they had the rebellion and then they lost it. So this is where the judgment seat of Christ is where our faithfulness is rewarded. And it's a judgment that is beyond uh, the, the time of this world, but it's what all our lives are oriented towards. Um, that that in Christ, if we live them appropriately, and it's kind of the the um, the image of our weekly sort of pattern of Eucharistic worship, where we begin on Sunday, where we encounter Christ, and we we rise with Him, and we live through the week. We come back at the end of the week on the eighth day to to appear before Christ, in a sense, before the judgment seat of Christ, anticipatory, and we receive forgiveness and joy and peace and some taste of that reward that will be experienced in full on that day. And so that's the horizon of, of the Christian life. And I just would highlight again, as I've mentioned before, how consistently the New Testament writings uh, point to the encounter with Christ at the end point of life either his coming or our appearing before him or his judgment, that's what we're aiming towards. And when we keep our focus on that, even beginning our day in prayer, we come to Christ. Oh yes, this is where this orients our life back towards its right 
end is telos and now we know how to live the day in 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 relationship to the kingdom and by the end of the day we'll forget so we come back to evening prayer to remember again uh and and this all is the way we move forward in time and in the christian sense of time and narrative towards the end where we'll actually appear and see christ face to face and receive all that is coming to us for our faithfulness so a few thoughts about today's lessons We'll continue with the prayer for all conditions of man on page 18. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men. Thou wouldest be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially, we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit and the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. That it may please you to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we then unworthy servants to give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost with us all evermore. Amen. Good to be with you all for prayer this morning. Have a great day, start of the weekend. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Thank you. Have a great day.